And we, over the last few sessions in Bible study, we've been focusing in on the subject of uncommon faith. Everybody say uncommon faith. And what we've done is we've looked into the scripture to see instances where uh, uh, when men and or women stood in faith, faith that was beyond just your everyday ordinary faith, but that faith uh, that, that allowed something supernatural to occur in the lives of those believers. We started out looking at Abraham and how Abraham exhibited uncommon faith. And that was from Romans, the fourth chapter. Let's go there right quick, Romans chapter four, uh, and take a look at this text, and then we'll move back in. So we looked at how Abraham exhibited uncommon faith. It was a faith that moved him to be able to receive the word of God as it related to him being the father of, of, of many nations, him being the father of many nations, which would require him to have a son in his old age. Amen. And so we saw how he received that word and began to uh, to to produce the fruit. Uh, Romans, the fourth chapter, verse number uh, 16 the text says, um, uh, so the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. It says, and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. Verse 17 and 18 says this, this, that is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. How many of y'all know God wants to create something new out of nothing? <laughs> Even if you feel like you're nothing, God can create something new out of you. Can I get a witness? Here's the thing that I love about my God. And, and guys, as I get to know God even more, I appreciate it even more. The fact that God does not give up on us. I don't care what we've been and what we've done. God does not give up on us. And he's always trying to get us back into his presence. I tell you all that just about every Sunday. And so we got to realize that the love of God, the love of our father uh, surpasses anything that, that, that we can even imagine here in this earth realm. God's love is unconditional. Amen. So he says, and who creates new things out of nothing. The case of he says, he called it those things which be not as though they already are. Look at the next verse. It's really says this. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Verse 19 says this. Uh, and Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at age about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Verse 20 says, Abraham never wavered in, in believing God's promises. Promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought what? Glory to God. 21 and 22 says what? He was fully convinced. Everybody say fully convinced. Now, guys, when we talk about uncommon faith, one of the things that we have to get our minds and our hearts to the place is, is the place of being fully convinced, of being fully persuaded that God is able to do whatever he promises. I don't care. You know, listen, you, you got to fight through your doubts. 
You got to fight through your unbelief. You got to fight through those those thoughts that's coming to your mind telling you how many times you failed in the past. Those thoughts that come to your mind that tell you how many times in the past you disappointed God. We got to get beyond that because the text says Abraham was what? Fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. So we got to we got we got to become fully convinced if we're going to walk in uncommon faith. That faith that does the supernatural, that faith that allows us to accomplish things that even we ourselves didn't think we could accomplish. The next verse says this, verse number 22 says, and because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as what? Righteous. Amen. So Abraham was our first example of uncommon faith that we looked at uh, in the first part of this uh, this series here. So, you know, when we got to the next part that we talked about the fact that uh, the three things that we must do in order to uh, to 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 be able to look into God's word and three things we got to do. We said we must receive the word of God like Abraham did. We must respond to that word and we must reflect that word in our everyday life. We got to, first of all, we said we must receive that word. How do you know if you're receiving the word or not? How do y'all know if you're really receiving what I'm saying Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday? Somebody tell me, how, how can you know that you really receive what I said? Real quickly, succinctly. How? But in your actions? Growth, okay. Anybody else? Huh? You, you live it, okay? In other words, you know that you receive it when, when, you, when you take what is being taught, the principles, the precepts, the commands, as they are given from the word of God, and you not only hear it on Sunday, but when you leave here on Sunday, you think about it, you look at it uh, throughout the week, and then when you are faced with a situation that deals with the principle or the precept or the command that we talked about on Sundays and Wednesdays, you make a conscious decision to, to ignore what the enemy is telling you and decide to do what God's word has told you. That's when you know you receive the word of God. If you're not doing what you've heard and what, what's been given to you from the word of God, then you have not really received that word. You've heard it, but you had not received it. Okay. So as your pastor, my desire is for each one of us in here to do what? To receive the word of God. So, again, three things. We must receive the word first and foremost. We must respond to it. And then we must reflect that word. Receive it, respond to it, and reflect it. And when we do that, we position ourselves to walk in uncommon faith. Now, we lock, the second thing, person we looked at was the Canaanite woman who we said exhibited uncommon faith in Matthew, the 15th chapter. But tonight we're going to look at the last one that we put down on your outline that we gave you. We talked about the Roman officer who exhibited uncommon faith in Matthew, the 8th chapter. Again, let's go to verse number 5. Matthew, the 8th chapter, verse number 5. Uncommon faith, that faith that, that, that just... Uh, it's, it goes beyond what we can imagine in, in our own little everyday way of thinking. The text says this in Matthew 8, chapter, verse number 5. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him. Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. The text says, Jesus says, I will come and heal him. Now notice this, Jesus immediately says, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. Just speak a word right where you are, God, and my servant will be healed. 
Look at verse nine. Let's read it. It says what? I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. The next verse says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. I told you uh, on the last time we met on Wednesday, I said there were two instances where the Bible says that Jesus was amazed. Basically, he was shocked at the level of faith that was exhibited by two people. And those two people were Gentiles. They were not natural born Jews. Jews, they were not a part of the, the family of faith or the, the Israelite nation. They were Gentiles. And he says, he says, turn to those who are following him. He said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Read, read 10 one more time. When Jesus heard this, what did he hear, guys? Let's back up. Look at it again. Back up to the previous verse. He says now, this Roman officer, this Gentile is saying words that 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 exhibit the fact that he has faith that Jesus can do what he's asking him to do. So, well, Pastor, why are you emphasizing that? Well, that's critically important because if if my words don't line up with my uh, belief system, then I don't really believe what I say I believe. Because ultimately, my words have to line up with what I believe. If I'm saying something different than what I well, let me back up. What what, what I pretend to believe. Because I can say I believe something and then when something challenges my belief system and I start speaking against what I say I believe, I don't really believe what I pretended to believe. Because again, what, what, what did the Bible tell us? Uh, that that, 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 that our, the words that we speak out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth does what? So when our hearts get full of doubt, that's when doubt starts bubbling out of our, out of our mouth. When our hearts get full of, of fear, that's when we start speaking words of fear out of our mouth because out of, out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. So here it's very clear to me that Jesus caught hope to what this guy was saying. And when he heard what this guy was saying, it amazed him. It impressed him. Jesus was saying this is uncommon faith. Look what the guy says. I know this, but back up to the previous verse, back to the previous verse. It says, but the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. Next verse says, I know this because I'm under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. Now, what he's doing is his frame of reference is now switching to his individual life. He knows that as an officer in the military, he if, if he gives an order, those who are up under his authority have to move on his word. Are y'all tra tracking with me? He, 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 he begins to, to make the correlation between authority here and earth and how that relates to authority in the spirit realm. He says, listen, I can say a word and it happens. He says, Jesus, I'm recognizing you as the Messiah. And I know if I, as a human, me, human being, mere man can say a word and it happens. What can you do if you just speak a word? And all it takes is one word, guys, for our lives to be transformed. Jesus, amen, said, watch this. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith 
like this in all of Israel. Look at the next verse. It says this. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. What Jesus is doing now is letting those who are listening to him know that this gospel message is not going to be just reserved for the Jews. There are going to be Gentiles in heaven too. Can I get a witness? Now watch this. Can we unpack some of this right quick? Let's look at this right quick. First thing I want you to just make a mental note of is, is, is number one, Jesus' Jesus's power was stirred by the centurion's humility. Jesus' power was stirred or it was aroused by this centurion's humility. The man's humility is seen here in this text in two, in two unusual acts. His humility. Everybody say, be humble. See, there are a lot of Christians who are too prideful to come to Jesus. Amen. There's a lot of believers who are sitting here right now who have a need. But guess what? You won't express that need because of pride. Let me say it again. Some of y'all are sitting here right now and there's somebody in this church who can help you. But you won't get the help because your pride won't let you ask for the help. All right. Let me say it again. All right. How, how many how many of you uh, have? Let me put this way. How many of y'all have, have had some, uh, maybe some, some struggles sometimes with financial issues? And maybe, and maybe uh, you need a strategy or plan to, to get out of that hole financially. How many of you have ever went to someone, a financial planner or, or some people in the church who, who have that skill set and have that knowledge? How many of y'all have been willing to go to somebody and say, hey, here's where I am. I need some help. I need to get out of this hole that I'm in. I've been doing this, my financial life this way for the last 25 years. And there are people who struggle for 25 years. But sometimes we struggle because we, we won't go and get the help that we need to get out of it because we don't want nobody to know that we actually are struggling. Because after all, you're driving that nice car and you look prosperous. Come on, you look like you got it going on, but really, when, it's, when it comes down to it, things are real tight. And so you, you're saying, I can't go and tell Yvonne about that because what will she think of me? Well, she ain't going to think anything of you. She's going to try to help you if you're willing to go and ask for the help. This guy here, listen, this, he was a centurion. That means he had 100 soldiers under his command, under his authority. And so... This guy here, watch this text. Again, the, the, the man's humility is seen in two things. Number one, he was a Gentile and a Roman officer, yet he came to a Jew for help. Check this out. He was a Gentile, a Roman officer, and yet he came to a Jew to help. Now, again, if you know anything about the relationship between Jews and Gentiles, you understand this was a very unique situation right here. It's, again, in America, guys, unfortunately, we tend to uh, uh, couch everything in black and white. We see, we see, we see uh, uh, the world through the prism of white people and black people, or, or brown people, or Hispanic people. And, and as a result, sometimes, uh, you know, when you look at it, it, it clouds our judgment. Am I right about it? There, there are times when, when, when if we're not careful... We allow what we've seen uh, on a national or even a local level uh, as it relates to race relations to cause us not to look at people the way God wants us to look at people. 
And so Jews and Gentiles did not get along. Y'all know that. You study your Bible, know that very well. They did not get along. So this was very unusual for a, a, a Gentile, a Roman officer, to come to a Jewish man for help. And, and, and guys, here's why this, why, why, why this was so unusual. It was socially unacceptable uh, for a, a, a Gentile, it really unheard of for a Gentile to go to a Jew publicly, especially to ask for help. Are y'all listening to me? That's why you remember when the Bible says that Nicodemus came to Jesus Gary what? By night. You know why he came by night? Because Nicodemus was a Pharisee, okay? Are y'all listening to me? And he was going to Jesus who was a Jew, but Jesus was also a man reaching out to those who were not just Jews. So for him to come to a person who was not just trying to follow the tenets of Judaism, but had a new way of salvation, it required courage, but, but a courage that Nicodemus didn't quite have then. So he came by night. He snuck, and, snuck into Jesus' presence to ask him a question. Now, again, fast forward, when you go even beyond that, it was unheard of for Gentiles to approach Jews and to ask for help. So, again, this guy, number one, uh, Jesus' Jesus's power was stirred up by the centurion's humility because he knew this Roman officer who was a Gentile is coming to me, a Jew, and this, this was, this was a, a tremendous act of faith. All right? Number two, the centurion came to Jesus as Lord, acknowledging his superiority as, 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 as a human being and as a Messiah. He knew when he called him Lord that that expressed a respect that normally Gentiles would not have given someone of Jewish background. Okay? He knew and he confessed that he had a need, a need that other men could not meet. Let me tell you all something. There are some things that you need help with that, that your cousin, your sister, your boyfriend, your girlfriend ain't going to be able to help you with. There are some stuff on the inside that only Jesus can help heal you from. There is some stuff beneath the surface that needs to be dealt with in all of our lives that only Jesus and his word can cut out of us and can heal us from. So we got to get to the word and make sure that, that we humble ourselves and submit to that word. So again, Jesus' power was stirred by the centurion's humility. And that's seen in the fact that he was a Gentile, a Roman officer going to a Jew publicly to ask for help. Can I get a witness? And so, so we look at this. He, he knew... Here's the thing about it. He knew where to go, y'all, and whom to go to in order to have his need met. He was willing to do all he could to have his need met. Guys, let me tell you something. One thing that we got to realize is that Jesus is there waiting for us. He wants us to come and approach him so that we can get the help that we need. It's just that we got to lay down our pride. Lay down our pride and ask people to pray for you. Ask saints of God to to. To, to intercede on your behalf. I tell you before, one of, one of the things that, again, that Mareria and I try to do is make sure that we as transparent as we possibly can be. And even as you guys have been praying for her, I, I, I tell people all the time, we can sense and we can feel the prayers of the righteous going forth for her. And, and I thank God for his supernatural healing power that's taking place in the life. But, but, but we weren't going to hide that. Amen. We're not going to hide and say, I don't want nobody to know. We wanted people praying because we knew that if we get saints of God praying on one accord, when prayer happens, amen, and people are focused, it changes things. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous does what? Avails much. So we want we want you praying for us. Amen. So again, again, 
First thing I want you to write down, Jesus' power was stirred by the centurion's humility. He was humble. Sometimes we don't get the help we need because we're too prideful to ask. We're too prideful to go to the people who can actually help us. We're too prideful to go to people that God has placed in our lives to help balance us and help us along the way. So we stay isolated. That's what we do. We stay isolated, hurting, amen, toiling in isolation. And don't ever do that, guys. Don't ever stay in isolation. Listen, you need somebody. Lou said earlier, we are our brother's keepers. And we're here to help each other. We're not here to, 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 to gig and, and to push you while you're down. We want to help pick you up. We want to walk with you through that thing. Amen? Let me ask you a question. How many of y'all ever done something you were ashamed of and you didn't tell anybody about it since you've been saved? Okay, let me see. Let me see two hands. I got two hands. All right. I'm going to raise my hand too. All right. In other words, there, there are things that we've done and, and because we didn't have that trusted brother or sister to share it with or we were too embarrassed to share it or to ask him to pray for us with it, what do we do? We kept it to ourselves. Right? We just kept, well, it's going to be between me and the Lord. Me and the Lord got this. And, and, and sometimes you and the Lord have it, but there are times when God, 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 sometimes there, there, there are times when God will put people in your life who can help you if you just lay down your pride and say, let me go and get the help that I need from this person, this brother or sister who, who can help me through this particular situation, situation I'm going through, okay? So Jesus', Jesus power was stirred by the centurion's humility, okay? He walked in humility. Go, go right quick to Romans the 10th chapter, verse number 12. Romans 10, verse number 12. So his power was stirred by the centurion soldier's humility. Romans 10, verse number 12 says, Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who do what? Call on him. In other words, God is not a respecter of person. Amen. Whether you're black, white, Hispanic, it don't matter to God. He's not a respect of color. He is a respect of faith. It do, but, but, but we got to get out of this mindset of thinking that, that, that we can't come to God and get what we need from him because of the color of our skin. Okay? God is a faithful God, and he's not a respected person. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. Okay. Now, next thing I want you to write down is this. Jesus, Jesus' power was stirred by the centurion's sense of unworthiness. He had humility, but he also had a sense of unworthiness. He, notice this guy here. Watch this now as we get back in here. Go back with me to, to uh, Matthew, the eighth chapter, right? Matthew, the eighth chapter. His sense of unworthiness. The centurion didn't say my servant is not worthy to have you uh, come. But he said, I'm not worthy. Now, he's a Roman officer, has a pretty good position, had a good title. But he says, I'm not worthy. Watch this. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be what? My servant will be Healed. This Jesus' power was stirred by this centurion's sense of unworthiness. Okay. Now, I, I think it's really important that we realize this. Now, again, God loves all of us. We are the head, not the tail. We are above, not beneath. 
Uh, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, all those things. But at the same time, we can't think of ourselves more higher than we ought to. Go in right quick to, if you will, uh, to Matthew, the 23rd chapter. Verse number 12, Matthew, the 23rd chapter, verse number 12, Matthew 23, verse 12 says, but those who exalt themselves will be humble and those who humble themselves will be what? Let's read it again. Who is talking here? Who's talking? I, I got one Jesus. It was it Matthew. Was, who was it? <laughs> it's in red, right? It, Jesus talks, says, but those who exalt themselves will be humble and those who humble themselves will be what? Exalted. So if you're trying to build your own self up, making your own self look good, then uh, Jesus said you're going to be brought down. But if, if, if you are humble, then you, uh, if you humble yourself, then you will be exalted. You will be lifted up. OK, go me right quick to if you will. Let's go to Romans, the 12th chapter, verse number three, Romans 12, verse number three. Second thing I want you to put down in your notes is Jesus' power was stirred by the centurion's sense of unworthiness. A sense of personal unworthiness gripped him, amen? Uh, he, he says, I'm not worthy for you to even come to my house. Look at what the text says here. So we got to make sure that we are walking in humility. Have y'all ever met folks who think they're a little bit more than what they are? Do y'all know anybody like that? Do y'all know anybody who thinks that because of what they have, and how much money they possess, that makes them a little bit better than you. Do y'all know anybody like that? You're not like that, are you? All right. Guys, let me tell you something. Here's one thing I've always said. I don't care how the Lord blesses this church. I don't care how he blesses this ministry. We will never think of ourselves as being better than anybody else. And anything that God enables us to do, come on now, we want to be able to share that and help somebody else do the very same thing that we were able to do. We're not going to ever look down on another church because they don't do what we do. We're going to pray for them. And if they're not reaching people, we want them to reach people. And we're willing to help. We're willing to help train. We're willing to do whatever it takes to, to, to help them get to where they need to be. I, I got, I'm, I'm going to be sharing uh, in, in a couple of weeks uh, with a group of preachers at a, at a at a Christian education uh, conference to try to share with some things about how we do cash vision, how we do ministry, to try to help other ministries, amen, come up a little bit higher. Not that we've arrived and we've done so many great things, but I thank God we're not where we used to be. And I thank God he's enabled us to do some things and he's put some giftings in this body to help us do stuff that some churches of similar size are not doing. So we're going to go and teach and share how to do that. I, I, I don't want to be over here saying, well, we can't we're not going to tell nobody how to how to do this and reach people because we want all the members to come over here. I got sense enough to know that everybody ain't going to come to this church. As a matter of fact, everybody don't need to be at this church. If the Holy Spirit does not lead you here, don't you come here. But if he leads you, you be here. Amen. And don't you leave because you got mad at somebody. How childish is that? Amen. Families know how to work stuff out. Hello? How many of y'all have gotten mad at your children before? Are they still your children? Uh-huh, you better, yeah, you better know it. You can't get rid of them because they're part of the family. And you, if you're a part of this family, you hear. Amen? So let's, everybody say, stick and stay. Say, don't go away. Stick and stay. 
in case that was on your mind. All right. Now watch this. Watch this. Look at what the text says. Romans 12. Again, number two, Jesus power was stirred by the centurion's sense of unworthiness. So if I'm going to if I'm going to if I'm going to receive the type of, of, of blessing that this guy did from Jesus, I want to walk in the same fashion that this guy did. OK, he was he was he walked in humility. He had a personal sense of unworthiness. He didn't think of himself more highly than he should have. Look at what the text says in Romans as Paul writes. Ready, read. Be- start. Well, I tell you what, let's go to verse number one. Romans 12, verse number one. Glory to God. Romans 12, verse one. Let's read. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Now, now again, every time we read that passage, I always go back and I want to remind each one of us here that worshiping God is not about Sunday morning. He says the way you truly worship him is to let your bodies be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. When I allow my body to be submitted to his will, his precepts and his command, then now I'm worshiping him. I'm not worshiping because I sing a song or because I usher on the usher door or I work with the youth. I I worship him by submitting my body as a living sacrifice to him. Verse two and three. Let's read. Uh, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. You got to let, listen, if, if we're going to, if we're going to be different, we got to let God change the way we think. Have you ever thought about how you think about things? Have you ever thought about what shapes your, your, your thought life? Have, have you really, ever, I mean, have you really sat down and thought about Maria and I were praying um, just the, uh, well, actually uh, uh, this morning uh, and we were talking about it uh, on New Year's Day because we were talking about what, what, what's our plan? What's our goal for this coming year? And I, I told her, so you know what? I, I, I want to I begin to allow God to, to, to change my thinking to such a level that, that, that I'm focused in on his will at all times. I want to begin to think creatively about how God wants me to impact others, amen, through, through my ministry as an individual person and as a pastor. I want to be able to think creatively. I want to I want to make sure that I guard what comes into my ear gate because what I hear and what I see will affect my thinking. All right. Sometimes you got to stop listening to certain people. Are y'all listening to me? Listen to me. Certain people you don't need to listen to. (laughs) You got to be careful who you are allowing to speak into your ear. You got to be careful what you allow to come into your ear gates because it affects how you think. The text says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I'm giving each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measure yourselves by the faith God has given us. Now read it again. I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Is that what it says? Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Now, again, guys, sometimes it's a little bit different because difficult because sometimes we think we're a little bit better off than what we really are. 
Can we be honest? And, and what, what really would help us is for us to have somebody in our life who we can sit down and say, listen, am I mean? You need somebody in your life who you can sit down and ask them, am I messy? You need somebody in your life who can sit down with you and you can ask them this question or they can point out to you that, that yeah, that you are, you are, I don't know, whatever it is, sometime it. How many of y'all are sometime it? Some, <laughs> you know what sometime it means? Sometimes you 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 you're walking in the blessing of the Lord and you've been you've been God's child. And other times you 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 something else. That's somebody who's sometimes it. The Bible says this: Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the what work of the Lord. Guys, I, I would rather I, I don't want you to be way up here and then way down here. Be steadfast. We need some even keeled, stable Christians in this church. I don't, I need, you know, as a pastor, uh, and, and I think as, as, as God's servant, you want to be steady. You, you, you don't want to be so high today, then you so low tomorrow. You're on fire this week, this month, and then next month, you know, ain't nobody right in the church but you. Hello? Here's what I tell you. Stop looking at everybody else. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Is that what it says? Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, which most of us have a hard time doing, to be quite honest. Most of us are not going to be that honest and brutal in our evaluation of ourselves. Now, we will evaluate other folks, right? I told you the other week, uh, uh, we were listening to Joyce Meyer, Maria, and I, it, she said, she was just being facetious and a little funny. She said, uh, she says she has the gift of awareness. The gift of awareness means that she's aware of what everybody else does wrong. <laughs> but but it, that gift of awareness, don't look at your own self. See, we, we spend a lot of time, okay? Now, again, I told y'all other Sunday, I said, you know, it, 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 we are our brother's keeper like Lou told us, and we ought to try to help each other. If I see you falling, I shouldn't sit back and just watch you fall and say, well, I can't judge. Yes, I can judge that that's wrong and that you're going to hurt yourself, and I'm going to come to you. If I really care about you, I'm going to come to you. Don't get mad at me because I'm caring. Do you know people will get mad at you when you show that you really care? Because we, we, we did a whole series on, on caring. Y'all remember that, right? So start to show that you care and, 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 and be, a, be your brother or sister's keeper, okay? In other words, love them enough to say, listen, I, I, something is wrong. Let, can we talk? Can, can you be honest with me and tell me what's going on with you? I want to help you. I want to pray with you through this thing, okay? Again, don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. So again, Jesus' power was stirred by this centurion's sense of unworthiness. Write down James uh, 4 and 6 and then James 4 and 10. I'm going to read them right quick. It says, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he said, God resists the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Okay. He gives even more grace to stand against such evil eyes. God opposes the proud, but he favors the humble. So when we walk in humility, God is on our side. But when we walk in pride, guess what? God is resisting us. 
Uh, verse 10 says, humble yourselves in the sight of God and he shall lift you up. Okay, so this guy has a, had a, a sense of unworthiness. Third thing I want you to write down, because again, this uncommon faith that was exhibited by this Roman soldier is very important because Jesus said he hadn't found so great a faith in all of Israel. Now think about that for a second. He came, amen, to the Jew first and then the Gentile. But he says, as I evaluate and I look at what's happening in Jewish culture and environment, I haven't found anybody with this kind of faith. The faith that says, if you just speak a word, God, I value your word so much. I believe in the authority of your word so much that you don't even have to come to my house and lay hands on them. Just say it. I want to be at that point. I don't know about you. I want to get to that point where I just say, God, just do it. Speak a word and it's going to happen. We got to believe that. But, that. but again, guys, that don't come just by coming to church. Faith coming by hearing by. OK, you got to have some word and have some word. All right. So number three, Jesus' power was stirred by the centurion's love. In other words, his love for, for, for a servant or for a slave. Jesus was stirred by the centurion's love for his servant, for his slave. OK, he was he was stirred by the centurion's love for his slave. Now, guys, we saw in scripture where uh, parents came to Jesus intercede on behalf of their children. We had friends who brought this man who was who was a paraplegic and they went up, went up on the rooftop, cut a hole in the roof, let him down into the presence of Jesus. That was friends helping friends. But this is one of the few times that we see where a, a person came to Jesus on behalf of a slave. Someone who was considered lo- at, at the lowest end of the social economic ladder. He was a slave. He was a servant, indentured servitude. But this Roman soldier comes to Jesus on behalf of someone who was not thought of very much. Amen. So Jesus was stirred by this centurion's love for his servant, for his slave. Okay, he was pouring this centurion was pouring out his heart for another person. He was interceding for somebody else, somebody who was considered to be lowly. Somebody who was not well thought of. Amen. But but the good part about it is Jesus was attracted to that. Jesus thought that that was awesome. Uh, you know, Jesus tells us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Right. Uh, he, he, in, in John 15 and 12, he said, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. He goes on to say in Romans 12, verse number nine, let love be without dissimulation or without hypocrisy. Hate that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Okay? He goes on, I mean, you know, it's constant throughout scripture that, that Jesus, amen, and God have a have a special place in their heart for men who will love those who are considered to be less fortunate. So the third thing is Jesus' power was stirred by this centurion's love, his love for his servant. Okay? How many of y'all know we're we are commanded to love our neighbor as ourselves? Now I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and I'm not going out on a limb by saying this, but how many of you know you can't do that in your own strength? How many of you know you can't love your neighbor as yourself by yourself? Think of, that, think of what that says. It says love your neighbor as yourself. That means that the love that you have for yourself exhibited toward your neighbor, somebody who's not you. And you can't do that 
in your in your natural uh, uh, mindset, in your natural strength, because we are inherently selfish. We were born selfish. Bible says we were born in sin and what? Shaping iniquity. So, so in order to love your neighbor yourself, you're going to have to have some Holy Spirit. You got to have some Holy Ghost because most of the time what we're going to do, we're going to think about ourselves, right? Aren't we going to think about ourselves? Come on now, let's be honest. We're going to think about ourselves. We can't even give a gift at Christmas without, without, without thinking about ourselves. Because you gave gifts and then nobody give you a gift. Now, would you be sad if you didn't get a gift? I want to know, if you gave people gifts, gave your children gifts, gave your parents gifts, and nobody gave you a gift, would you be a little warm? Okay, I'm just, 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 kind, of, just kind of asking. I'm, I just want to know. I mean, uh, would, you, would, you, would you be thinking, well, golly, I, mean, I, gave her, I, I went out and spent my money and gave, gave them gifts, and, and they didn't they ain't give me nothing. I thought it was about giving. Well, it is, but you know, I want something too. See, we, we, in order for us to be able to, 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 to not go into our selfish mode, we got to have the Holy Ghost helping us. Come on now, I, I'm looking at some of y'all out there, just, I'm not, not individually, but some of y'all know if you bought people gifts and they didn't give you nothing, here's what you'll be saying, I know better next year. Huh? Some of y'all be some of y'all be marking them off that list because we we tend to be inherently selfish. Okay? Everybody say it takes the Holy Ghost to not walk in selfishness. All right? Let me give you one more thing. Fourth, fourth thing. Jesus' power was stirred by the centurion's great faith. Okay? The centurion's great faith. Okay? It was stirred, his power was stirred by the centurion's great faith. Okay? Again, as I said, this this centurion came to Jesus on behalf of a slave. Okay? And and so we see this this happening uh at such a, a you know a level that was unheard of at this time. Um this this the centurion illustrated perfectly what faith is. Go to Hebrews 11, chapter verse number six. You know this, but let's see it again for the first time, okay? The centurion was seeking after Christ. He was diligent because he believed that Christ could meet his need. Look at what the text says here. Hebrews 11 and six. Again, and it is, it is impossible. Can we read together? And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely what? Seek him. Who sincerely seek him. It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Go to Psalms 37 with me right quick. Psalms 37 and... um, Look at verse number, start at verse number one of that Psalm 37 number Psalm. Jesus' power was stirred by this centurion's great faith. The text says, uh, don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. Verse two, 
It says, for, for like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Verse three says this, trust in the Lord and what? And do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Verse four says what? Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Now, again, when, when, I, when I look at this, the psalmist is talking here and he makes a correlation. He says, uh, take delight in the Lord or delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. There's a connection there. The desires of your heart don't just come because you exist and because you're here. The desires of your heart can come when you learn how to delight yourself in him. How many of y'all enjoy coming to church? How many of you enjoy spending time with, with the Lord in, in your personal quiet time and in, in, in prayer time? Uh, um, you know, there, there are people, and, and maybe you're in this category, and, and, and if you're not careful, all of us can go through a period of one of those little slumps there where we're coming, but we're not really delighting. Have you ever been in church and you had a period of time where, you know, you were there, but you really wasn't there? Anybody ever been there before? You were here, but you really wasn't here. You were coming out of obligation, but you really were not delighting. Have you ever seen people who, who enjoy being at church, who, in, who enjoy spending time with God, who enjoy studying and talking about God's word, who enjoy learning what principles and what God has to say uh, 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 about them and the promises of God? Man, when, when you can get to the point to where you delight yourself in the Lord, the text says he will give you the desires of your heart. So if you find yourself in one of those places right now where, you, where you're not feeling so excited, what I'm going to challenge you to do is get back into the word, uh, get back into the prayer time. Ain't nothing to do but to get back up. If you fall seven times, get back up. The Bible says a just man falls seven times, but he does what? He gets back up. Don't stay wallowing in that state. The devil wants you to stay there, but you get yourself back up. Get up off that floor. And let's go. Let's move. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you what? The desires of your heart. So we see here where, again, it's, it's critically important that we recognize that, that this uh, Jesus' power was stirred or moved by this centurion's great faith, guys. And so uh, we uh, go back to Matthew, the eighth chapter, right quick, and we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. Matthew, the eighth chapter, we're going to wrap this up, okay? Glory to God. So great faith, that faith that, that, that's uncommon, that faith that, that allows supernatural things to occur, uh, we need to have that kind of faith operating at EBC. And guess what? It can operate through you. It can operate through me. We can do some supernatural things when we stand in faith and believe God. Uh, back to Matthew, the eighth chapter, and we're going to close this out. This guy had uncommon faith. The text says this, um, going back um, to verse number 10, Matthew, the eighth chapter, verse number 10. Glory to God. It says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed, turning to those who were following him. He said, I tell you the truth. I have seen faith like this in all of Israel. Verse 11, as we close, it says, and I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. Guys, listen, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what family you're a part of. Quit letting the enemy tell you stuff about you that God didn't say about you. Are you listening to me? Quit letting the enemy 
get inside of your head and get inside of your heart and disrupt, amen, the word that God has already said about you. Now, again, guys, you know, sometimes we don't act like what we are. But I'm here to tell you, if, if, if you are willing to, 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 to take God at his word, he'll begin to do some supernatural things in your life and, and allow some things to come to pass that you've been believing him for for 10 or 15 years. But it's going to take you believing his word. Faith has to rest on the promise of God's word. Because, again, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. This man knew that if Jesus just spoke a word, that his servant would be healed. And, he, and Jesus said, I'll do it because he was impressed by this man's faith. Is God impressed by your faith? Is God, is God uh, in a position where he's, he's, he's looking at you and I? And saying, this person believes me and he takes me at his word. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what the family said, I'm going to stand on God's word. That's what we got to get to. This, this Roman soldier, this centurion, exhibited great faith because he took Jesus at his word. Now, the only way we're going to be able to do that, guys, is we got we to saturate our minds with, with the word of God. We got we to we start blocking out stuff that's going to cause us not to focus in on what God tells us. That includes sometimes, again, you got to get away from certain people, uh, stay away from the negative nailers of the world who all they do is talk negative. You need people around who you can talk positive, who can speak faith filled words so they can build you up uh, and, and, and watch God do what he only God can do when you walk in uncommon faith. Abraham had a child of 100 years old with his 90 year old wife because they had uncommon faith. What about you? What can God do in your life? What, you, what can you believe him for to do that's supernatural, that's beyond what you even imagine or thought or think about, okay? Let's, let's get to a point to where we let God do that for us, amen, and let, watch him move in our lives, amen? Everybody say, uncommon faith. Say, I want to walk in it. Say, I want to I I walk in it. I want to walk in it. Say, I want to walk in it. I want to live it out. I want to be about it. Not just talk about it. Everybody say uncommon faith. Give the Lord a hand of praise. God bless you.